Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Catherine, we're 50 episodes in. It's kind of unbelievable. It's definitely crazy. It flew by since we started in August. Of course, we knew that this was going to come, and we know we have many more milestones to reach. But I think it is a time to reflect and celebrate getting 50 episodes in and connecting with so many amazing people in the Disney community. Yeah, I mean, when you mentioned this in August, I don't think either one of us really expected us to, um, A, enjoy it as much as we do, um, because it's hard to kind of predict that. But, you know, we've also loved getting to meet so many people, obviously um, our guests on our podcast, but also just people who have been like listening and following along with us um, and everyone just on social media. Mm -hmm. So from us, we definitely want to take this opportunity to anybody who's listened to any of our episodes to send the sincerest thank you that we possibly can. It means the world to us that anybody would listen. Um, and it's been really great to, to kind of go down this road. So kind of similar to Walt's theories on the parks is how we're viewing this podcast, that the podcast will never be done or a finished product. We're always going to be tweaking it, always going to be improving it, I was going to be exploring new things to see if there's anything new that we can bring you guys. So we've hinted in the past that we have these big, grand ideas, and we really hope to be able to act on those in the future. But in the short term, some things that we're going to be changing up is we're going to be highlighting and spotlighting some of our past guests. So as they grow and, and produce new products or put out new amazing pieces of content, we want to make sure that we shine the spotlight on them so you guys can keep up to date with them. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's a lot of fun for us to look at their successes and watch how they grow. Um, it's kind of, it goes along with what we want to do with our podcast and just making sure that um, we share ideas for growth. And, you know, I think watching some of these other um, guests that we've interviewed grow. I think it's just an exciting thing for everyone. Mm -hmm. So, Brendan, you have a lot of fun um, and exciting things that you're doing right now, um, just like you talked about, updating, producing new content. So how about you tell us about the new content that you are about to put out there? Yeah, so we hinted on it a little bit on our Instagram, but there's something really exciting happening for us where Detour to Neverland was actually not the first podcast idea that we had. It was the first one that we acted upon, and I think it will always be like our baby. And Detour will always be the thing that we devote the most time to. But I also have other interests and things that I want to explore in another podcast with other people that I want to produce. So um, with my brother, Jordan, and our friend, Greg, we are... So excited to announce that we're launching a new podcast called Kingdom Outcast. And so what we do over there, it really just serves as a platform for a discussion on everything Marvel, Star Wars, and Disney. So anything ranging from comic books, which is Greg's specialty, to theme parks, which is mine, to Star Wars, which is Jordan's, that's what we're going to be discussing. We're going to be discussing fan theories, um, looking forward to movies, doing movie kind of recaps or or reviews, 
and really just having fun with it and having a place to have those discussions. And I'll tell you, I'm not one for, like, theories. You know, we always talk about how Brendan loves to ruin the surprise by watching things online. I hate all that. But I will say these theories are pretty crazy, very interesting, and they sh- one of them in particular just shook me. So if you're interested in that, um, it's definitely something to kind of tune into because it's pretty cool mm-hmm. from an outsider's perspective. Yeah, and 2019 is kind of like, I cannot remember a better year for theme parks and movies than 2019 will be. Have the ending, maybe, to Avengers, got Episode Nine and Star Wars ending that trilogy, got Galaxy's Edge opening up, and then in Disney, we also have Lion King and Toy Story 4. So lots of exciting stuff to kind of keep you up to date. Um, and just get his perspective on it. Yeah. All three of them, really. Yeah. So one last thing that we need to mention on that is we are live with our first three episodes, and that is on Spotify and Stitcher at the moment. Apple being the company that they are, they can do what they want to. Taking a little bit longer than we expected for them to approve the podcast to go up on iTunes. If you're listening to this on Monday, January 14th, we hope that it's up there, but just know that if you can't find Kingdom Outcast on iTunes, you can find it on Spotify or Stitcher. And then later in the week, you should have no problem finding it on all of your favorite podcast apps. Yeah, hopefully it'll be up soon. Yeah, so we'd be honored if you guys give it a listen. Give us any feedback. Let us know any of the t- discussions that you want to have. And that's going to be a podcast that we just released every other week on Mondays. So, Catherine, you want to... It's been the longest intro ever, <laughs> so we apologize to that. We'll, we promise we're getting to what you guys are here for, and that is our interview with Isn't It Neat Boutique, Andrea. Yeah, so today we're super excited to be talking with Andrea. Um, you can connect with her and learn more about her at Isn't It Neat Boutique on Instagram. You can also find her on Etsy at Isn't It Neat Boutique, and this is our first Etsy store that makes mini ears, which is super fun because they're very iconic, very um, versatile, and they're just beautiful ears, honestly. So today we're excited to be talking about Andrea. She has a lot of really exciting things going on with her. Um, First off, her Etsy store supports a really great cause that we're going to talk about a little later in our episode. But also right now, Andrea has a brand ambassador search for Isn't It Neat Boutique. So she's right now looking for three Disney lovers, obviously, to um, just really share her ears and promote them um, and be a good, I guess, kind of face for Isn't It Neat Boutique. So that's something that's new. Um, You can definitely learn more about that on her Instagram, but I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Andrea so you can um, learn more about her. So Andrea, go ahead and introduce yourself. Awesome. Um, Hi guys, my name's Andrea and I am the creator and um, magical extraordinaire behind Isn't It Neat Boutique. Um, I kind of started it uh, on a whim after quitting my job mid last year in 2018, 
Um, I have a photography business that's a small type of, of deal. Um, and then I've been making ears for myself going into the park for a couple years now. And um, I've had multiple people say, you should open a shop, you should open a shop. And it was never really a passion project of mine, um, just working full time. I worked in a restaurant. That was the big job that I quit back in 2018. It was a family run restaurant, my family run restaurant. Um, and it was just overwhelming and wasn't really um, something I could like really dive into on the ear side of things. And um, the one of the la- later trips of 2018, um, somebody literally bought a pair of ears right off my head. And my friend that I was there with said, if you don't open a shop now, then I don't know that you're ever going to. And that's kind of what triggered me to um, just dive right in um, headfirst into this project. And the the amount of um, people that have just purchased from me and reached out to me and have talked to me on social media has been nothing short of amazing. And and I am so excited that I'm able to share a little bit more about the person behind the ears. Um, Because social media, you try and balance that business versus personality side. But sometimes, um, you know, it can be difficult. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited to be talking with you guys today. Yeah. Wow, what a great friend. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And I think anybody who's familiar with our story, we love decisions made on a whim. That's oh, like that's our how go-to. we live our life. <laughs> so I love that. I mean, I love that one little, you know, spark can, can lead to all these doors opening and everything. But before we jump into some of the details of that, I want to lay the foundation and talk about your Disney story. So kind of sure. how did you fall in love with Disney? How has that evolved over time to get you to this point? Um, so basically my dad grew up in a town right outside of Anaheim called Fountain Valley. Um, and so growing up, we would go down every single year. It started when I was six weeks old, um, and have gone down every year, at least once a year, pretty much the 31 years I've been on, on this earth here. So, um, we would go visit his high school buddies that he was still in contact with and their three kids. And we'd have a huge, you know, party of nine hanging out in the park, Um, and it was always just like, it's, it's, it's my second home. I mean, absolutely. And then, um, as I became an adult and I was able to, you know, invest in a a season pass, um, I absolutely did. And pretty much every single boyfriend I've had since I was about 18, I have forced into a season pass until I finally met my husband (laughs) and now, now star Wars galaxy's edge opening. He's definitely not giving up his pass because he is the star Wars nut in our house. So it's just kind of evolved. Um, basically just since I, like I said, basically a newborn, my parents are DVC members. Um, and we're actually going to Disneyland this weekend. And my mother was gracious enough to give us some of the points to stay at the Disneyland hotel. And, um, you know, my husband and I got engaged at Disneyland. I told him I loved him for the first time at Disneyland. Um, it's pretty much our life. So it just kind of makes a lot of sense for this whole ear shop to kind of be coming to where it is, whim or not. It it was kind of, it was, it was meant to be. Mm Mm-hmm. That is so sweet. I love all things love story involved with Disney because we got engaged at Disney World. Mm-hmm. So I love yeah. that. Yeah. It, it, he, he surprised me. It was It's quite the elaborate engagement. And if we have time, we'll go into it. But it definitely is not just, you know, in front of the castle or a surprise this and that. It, it was it was elaborate and I was in complete and utter shock. Oh, we'll make time. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, yeah, good. <laughs> is there time like right now? I'm dying to hear I, it. I mean, sure. Um, <laughs> if we want to delve in. So basically my husband and I met in January of 2015. Um, we were Tinder success story. So we both swiped right. <laughs> and within six days, we both deleted the app off of our phone. 
Um, I sang to him, love is an open door on our very first date. And somehow that did not scare him off. Um, and basically we've been inseparable since that first date. And we are now celebrating two years of marriage this coming weekend and the engagement. Um, so I was a little nervous going into our relationship. We had both gotten out of some serious relationships and I was like, you, I know how you feel about me. Don't tell me you love me. Like, let me come to you with that. And it was May of that year. I finally was like, I need to tell this man, I love him. He had driven down from San Jose where he was living at the time. We were doing long distance. I was in Sacramento. Um, and I was down for a run weekend with my mom and her best friend and her daughter. And he got in the car and drove and met me so that he could be at the finish line of my marathon, uh, half marathon. And I was like, Hey, this is it. This is the guy. And so I told him I loved him for the first time on the Disneyland resort property, um, just outside of Trader Sam's. And when I did that, like, instantaneously the fireworks went off. So it was like kind of like perfect (laughs) and completely unplanned. And then so September of that very year is when he proposed in the exact same location, but not before sending me on a uh, scavenger hunt through both parks, DCA and Disneyland with my mother and two of my best friends involved, as well as a cast member that we've become friends with as well. starting with my favorite ride, which was Tower of Terror at the time, now Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, With my best friend, we rode that. Then I got another envelope and went to his favorite ride, which was Star Tours. Rode that with my mom, which sent me to the castle. Got another envelope, which led us down to downtown Disney, which eventually led us to the Disneyland Resort, where he was waiting with the rest of the my, my friends and family so that he could propose. So it was very, very elaborate and creative and I am really hard to surprise. So I was in utter shock. <laughs> that is so fun. I love that. I love all engagement stories. I know. Mine sounds Me too. now. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, that's amazing. He, that's a great. The real problem is he goes, now I have to live up to that, like for the rest of our life. Like, how can right? I top that? I'm like, right. I don't know if you're going to be able to, honey. But yeah, no, siblings. That- we have, um, he has one older sister and then I have a younger brother. Um, and, and yeah. See, now yes. they have to live up to it too. That's what my sister always says. Yeah. So I, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. My brother's <laughs> not really, not really the Dayton type. He's much more of the quiet, shy type. So we'll see maybe someday. But, um, if, 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 and when it happens, I'm sure he'll be reaching out to Sean cause they're very close and they will definitely plan something elaborate. <laughs> I can guarantee it. I love the very beginning that you met on Tinder because oh yeah because we've actually never shared this on the podcast. Catherine and I met on the wonderful social media platform of MySpace. Nice, <laughs> that's amazing. We lived in the same town. Young people don't even know what that is. They're like, what? Oh no! Oh God, we're dating ourselves now. <laughs> that's funny. No, that's that's great though. Yeah, well, that's a wonderful story. I thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> so once you decided, I know we're we're kind of switching lanes quickly here, mm-hmm. but isn't it neat, Boutique, whenever you decided to start it, what did that process look like? Like what conversations did you have deciding that Etsy was the platform that you wanted to use and kind of gathering materials? How did that kind of go from idea to getting it up and running? Well, I've always been a crafter. Um, I work artistic in some respects. I, I was a studio art major in college. Um, I've done my, I watched my mom sew us these elaborate Halloween costumes every single year. So I knew I wanted to learn how to sew at a young age. So I've kind of, I am by no way a seamstress. I mean, 
ears circles are hard enough as they are, especially when you start getting into some of the more elaborate materials like sequins and those kinds of things. But um, I kind of had a bit of stuff already kind of in my collection of who's it and what's it's and gadgets and all that good stuff um, from the many crafting experiences that I've had. And so, like I said, I started making ears before I actually started selling ears just for myself going into the park. And so it kind of just was an organic thing after that, where it was like, I knew Etsy was a good platform. I understood the importance of social media with Instagram and engagement, making sure that I'm known there as well. Um, And so really, like, it's just been a lot of word of mouth. I was very fortunate to be able to go on to a local um, news station within the first month of me being open to show the Sacramento area, which is where I'm from, kind of you know, who I am and what I'm doing. Um, And it's just kind of evolved from there in a very short period of time. And I am so completely thankful that it has because I have never been happier. So it's just been a wonderful organic kind of process that just continues to build and grow. And I've met so many wonderful people so far, and I can't wait to see what else I get to to see and, and experience and friendships to start, you know, on the whole Instagrams and all that good stuff, you know, as we continue this process. Yeah, that is so cool, especially, um, you know, I love that you were able to get on that, you know, news station and kind of share that with your local community, because that's really neat. Um, Yeah. And I think, you know, as we look at your ears on Etsy, you have a pretty wide variety of designs um, and looks that you have. So what does that kind of design process look like when you want to make a new pair of ears? Um, so when it comes to custom orders, I ask my customer, my client, you know, what is it that you're looking for? Do you like more of the traditional with this, the round and the bow? Do you like, you know, the floral design that I know is really popular or do you kind of like that mix? And I'm finding that I am becoming much more, um, a fan of the mix variety. I'm really loving making ears that are like the traditional Mickey rounds with fabric, but then instead of a traditional bow, I'm able to go ahead and create just like a nice little centerpiece of flowers in between. Um, and so really it's just, again, the word organic is probably going to come up a lot because there's not a lot of rhyme or reason to most of the things that I do. It just kind of, when something strikes me as I have to have that in the fabric store or at the, you know, crafting place, like I just, I purchase it and know it'll eventually find a home. Um, and so that's kind of where it goes. Like the, the most recent like set that I came out with is my, like, isn't, uh, the, it's a small world set. And it was never meant to be, it's a small world. I just like the fabric. So I bought it and then it just evolved into, oh, this very much reminds me of the front of it's a small world with the geometric shapes and kind of the coloring. And it was just, it it was just serendipitous. It was supposed to be that way. So it's kind of my process. I just sit in my craft cave of wonders as my husband calls it and just kind of let the creativity take over until I have a finished pair of ears. Yeah, I think that is, you know, absolutely the best way to do it. And it really shows through, even for me as a male where, you know, I'm not too interested in many ears, but, you know, what always has, you know, attracted me to talking with you and and being able to see your ears is just that you can see that passion bleed through and see the creativity and just how much joy it brings you to be able to share those with different people. So I I think that's wonderful. So thank you. Of all the pairs that you've made, I know this will probably be a difficult question. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we won't call it a favorite, 
But are there oh, any gosh. that when you got done, you were just like really like patting yourself on the back or, you know, that that was a very job well done or anything like that? Um, I'm going to say yes, there is probably one. And it's the most recent pair that I've made that I am just obsessed with is the reversible sequins in the soft, like white pink that reverse into very bright, shiny silver. Um, I found that fabric and I was like, I have no idea how to sew sequins, but I'm going to figure it out because as soon as I saw it, I was like, these have to be ears. Um, so I purchased them, brought them home. I had no intention on putting them in my shop. I literally bought the fabric for our upcoming trip this weekend. And then I put it on to my Instagram story, which is something I just love. I'm so glad Instagram stories exist because I'm not a Snapchat person. I feel a little too old for that, that platform there, but, um, Instagram stories, I feel like I get to be a little bit more personable for a business side of things. And so I was just excited. So I just started like blowing up my Instagram story with these ears and it kind of blew up in return. And so many people are like, when are they available? When can I get these? How many are you going to have? And I'm like, well, guess I need to buy more fabric. So I think right now those are probably my favorite, um, close second, I would say the snowflake ears, the two different varieties of snowflake ears I did back in December, just because they were a little bit different. They're literally ornaments that I bought at a craft store and they were the perfect size rounds and just glued them on really, really well to a headband so that they were something different and, um, had a lot of, a, a lot of good feedback with those as well. So I kind of like the sparkle. I like to be a little extra, so I'm going with the sparkle right now. Well, I will say, I I teach sixth grade, and they are obsessed with all of, like, the reversible sequin stuff. Oh, I mean, literally everywhere. all of them, yes, all have, like, backpacks and shirts, and all they do is all day is just, like, rub their shirt back and forth to make the sequins <laughs> oh, yeah. different colors. They think it's so cool. It is. So and it's kind of like therapeutic, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess... You know, something else that we just really loved about your shop, and I kind of mentioned it earlier, um, but that you benefit um, something called Resolve. So do you want to tell us, you know, more about that and why you decided to partner with that organization? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know... This is something very near and dear to my heart. My husband and I currently have unexplained uh, fertility, infertility. Um, We went through a round of IVF last year in June, and it did not work. Um, Just to keep it super short and brief so we don't go into the science side of things. Um, Basically, when you go through a round of IVF, you're you're pumping your body full of hormones to try and, and grab as many eggs as possible to fertilize them in a lab so that you can ultimately transfer one of those embryos and potentially have a pregnancy um, through term. And we went through the process and unfortunately got zero embryos um, and they don't know why. And so um, that kind of broke me. Um, it was hard enough opening a restaurant with my family um and working with them full time and just go, go, go the stress of that. And then to go through a failed round of IVF and to know that like, I'm not alone. There are other people that are experiencing this. Um, one in eight couples suffer from some sort of infertility troubles, um, which is way too high in my opinion. That's a scary number to think about. Um, and so when I was going into this, I knew I needed to do something to bring some sort of awareness and I don't hone on it too terribly often. It's not something I want to, you know, deter the Disney fans away from, because I do understand it is a touchy subject, but I have found so many wonderful people that have also 
experience some of the loss that me and my husband have felt um, through this amazing community. And so with that, I knew when I opened my shop, I wanted to donate some of my proceeds to Resolve, which is a fantastic nonprofit. And their main mission is to bring awareness to infertility and to also bring um, the ability to have insurance coverage because we paid 100% out of pocket last year for our, our procedures. And it's not cheap. Um, I won't go into how much, but it definitely could have bought basically a new car with it kind of a thing. So um, it's, it's something that I think needs to be discussed within the healthcare world. And they're doing a great job to try and bring awareness to insurance companies to allow that to be something that families that are trying to create a family outside of just a husband and wife or husband, husband, wife and wife, whatever, whatever your family looks like to have the ability to have some sort of coverage. So it's not fully out of pocket. Thank, I mean, that is just so, I don't know, that's so great that you are willing to share that and that you are, you know, donating back to this cause because it really does deserve, um, you know, bringing awareness to that. You know, our, Brennan's brother and our, my sister-in-law, they actually struggled with the same thing for a couple of years. So I, mm-hmm. you know, that is such a great cause and it's something that is very kind of near and dear to us as well. Mm-hmm. Um, And like you said, you know, it affects so many more people that, you know, it's just not something that people usually talk about. Exactly. And that's why I am an open book about it, because I feel as though if it's not really my story is when I talk about it, is it my story? Absolutely. But it's more it's everybody's story. And if I can allow myself to be vulnerable and tell my story, maybe it'll make somebody else be vulnerable and tell their story so that it's no longer this stigma about we can or can't have kids or we have to go through this and we might have to have a science baby or we may need to adopt or we need, it's something that I think it's so personal. So it is difficult to talk about, but I think that if more people are doing it, it'll give courage to others. And that to me is why I'm so willing to share my story. It has nothing to do with me. It has do with giving the power to somebody else that maybe isn't quite ready to take that step and talk to their mom or their best friend or whomever um, about what they're experiencing. Yeah, I I can say that we have complete respect for you. And that is so brave. And we thank you so much for doing that. Because I think, you know, like Catherine said, it is something that's very near and dear to our hearts as well. And we know there are so many people out there that are struggling with this. So thank you. Um, and, and that's just amazing. And, and thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. So one more question, and then we'll head into the fast pass around. And you kind sure. of already touched on it, I think a little bit, but I want to hear a little bit more kind of what has it been like to join the Disney community as a product creator, jump full force into it? Um, at first it was a little scary cause there are so many people out there doing the ear game and, um, I w- love so many of them and it's been great. The positive feedback that I've received from various other ear makers and how great that's been. And I have given some of my tips and secrets away and vice versa. And it's been wonderful on that front, but then even more so I've done a couple of, you know, the Disney loops, 
Um, and I feel like that's probably how we got connected at some point. Um, and then I just, I'm, I'm, I'm actively on there and I've made some great friendships. Um, there are a few different accounts that I like, we're going to Disneyland this weekend. Several people have reached out. They're like, let me know if we can come crash your party. And I'm like, absolutely. Um, we'll go to Trader Sam's and get a drink or whatever the case may be. Let's do it. Um, it's just been such a welcoming, wonderful place that I think needs to happen, especially in our current situation and in, in just so much negativity. I mean, I feel like everybody I talked to had a really crummy 2018 and I am trying with every ounce of my to go into 2019 with the most positive outlook that I possibly can. There are bad days. There are good days. There are days where I just don't feel like doing anything. But at the end of the day, like this community helps build me up and I want to build them up. And then in the same time, like that resounds into my day-to-day life as well. And it's just been like, my heart is so full. I, I can't even express it. I haven't felt this way in a while. So it's been such a wonderful change. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I think, you know, for me, it's a testament that you are accomplishing that goal, that you are radiating that positivity and, and connecting with people and forming those relationships. Because like I said before, an ear shop is not something that I would typically go and follow on Instagram, but because you sure. put so much of your personality into it and share, you know, so much joy and, and have so much fun and have these conversations, then it's a, you know, it's a great, um, you know, interaction and, and follow to do. So I love that. And, and yeah, it's been great to get to know you over the, over the oh, last couple of weeks. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. So awesome. So next we'll jump into our fast pass round. So we'll just throw out some Disney topics. And if you just kind of share the first thing that comes to your mind, so our listeners can get to know your Disney fandom a little bit better. Awesome. So the first one's an easy one. Just name the Disney parks that you have visited. I am an OG gal. I have only been to Disneyland and Disney's California adventure as of this moment. Um, however, we are definitely going to Walt Disney World this year. Uh, my husband was fortunate enough to get a Southwest Companion Pass, so we get to, I get to fly free, and we definitely are taking advantage of that, and we are absolutely going to Walt Disney World. We just don't know when, but it will happen in 2019, and I am so excited. Ugh, what a game changer. I wish we had one of those. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Maybe someday. We're like, where? We're like, where can we go? I'm like, I need to go to New Orleans because that's one of my favorite cities. I was like, we need to go to Hawaii because he has a buddy station in the Air Force there that we haven't seen in years. I was like, we need to go visit. His family's originally from Little Rock, so we're definitely going back to Little Rock. Um, I visited Nashville last year for the first time, and I am obsessed with your guys' city. It is (laughs) probably right next to New Orleans for me. I can't decide which one I like better, but I could spend all day in a honky tonk, two stepping, <laughs> listening to cr- country and eating like grilled cheese and drinking cheap beer. I'm totally okay with that. Um, so we're going all over the place, but Walt Disney World is for sure in there. Oh, that is so exciting. So of Disneyland and California Adventure, do you have a favorite between those two parks? <sighs> I think I have to go with Disneyland. It's a It's a toss up though, because... They're different for different reasons. And now that you guys have been, you kind of understand too. Like Disneyland is nostalgia. Disneyland is childhood for me. Uh, But California Adventure is great for the adults because they have beer, which makes my husband happy once the crowds get a little bit too much. So we spend our time pretty much 50-50. But I think at the end of the day, like me personally, if like you ask me my true, true feelings, Disneyland's where I would spend all day, every day if I could. I definitely see that. I agree with that. Um, so then 
I guess, what is your Disney bucket list trip if you could go absolutely anywhere? So I know listening to the podcast, a lot of people say Shanghai or Paris. I want to go to Walt Disney World and I want to do the Dopey Challenge because I am Dopey. I want to run the 5K, 10K, half and full marathon in an entire weekend and get all the medals that I possibly can because I am a runner outside of the Disney thing and I've done probably uh, 10 run Disney's at Disneyland before they took them away when they were going to start building the hotel out here. Um, And so to be able to do that, I think would be amazing. I am the destination runner. So if I, when I went to New Orleans, I was like, what run can I do while I'm there? So it's to me, like, I want to be able to run where I go so that I can see the sites in a different way that maybe you wouldn't have seen if you didn't run through a city or a park or whatever. So that is like my bucket list trip. That's awesome. I've never done a run Disney, but Catherine has. But to me, like I was super upset when they took him away from Disneyland because it just seems like the perfect setting for a race. It was so great. It was so great. The um, I will say there was one of the last ones I ran before they took it away. It was the Disneyland half marathon. It was the most humid I have ever seen it in Anaheim. And it was disgusting. So I understand Florida and I understand the South and I understand all the humidity there. But as a California girl here, I don't understand humidity and that was miserable. (laughs) So I would not want to do that again. Most of the time I agree with you though. Yes, it is perfect weather 90% of the time, but that was, that was rough. I just want to see the cool characters. Like if Mushu was out there, I would just stop the race. (laughs) Oh, and see, I'm too competitive with myself. (laughs) I should have stopped, but I'm like, no, I've got to finish this and I have a time goal. And I'm like, no, it's Disney. I should just enjoy it, which I absolutely do. I ran in costume every time I did a run Disney run. I've been Belle. I've been Mike Wazowski. I've been uh, Anna. I've, I've done it all. Trust me. But it's still one of those things where I'm like, I still got to run. I still got to get done with this. But yeah, it, it, they're fun. I highly, highly recommend it. So the next question, I think if I had to guess, I already know the answer to this, but <laughs> your favorite Disney resort. It's going to be the Disneyland Hotel. <laughs> yeah, I can't help it. It's like our spot. We're going to stay there this weekend and we're really excited. We'll be there on the day of our actual two-year wedding anniversary. And we love Trader Sam's and um, the Ren Disney Expos are there. So those were always fun to be a part of. It's just there's so much like home with that resort that it's kind of hard to lighten. And don't get me wrong, the Californian is a beautiful and I love to walk through it and at Christmas time with the gingerbread and it smells wonderful and the gorgeous tree. But there's something about it, like Disneyland Resort is where my heart is at. I've got to ask, have you ever been able to use your DVC points at the Grand Californian? Yes. Man. Um, I know. And it's rough because I know how early you have to get on and get it all situated. Um, we stayed in the villas a couple of times. So the actual, like, kind of like, um, not apartments, but you know what I'm saying? The kind of apartments. And then we've stayed at the actual, just regular rooms. Um, and both are great. I like them. I think it's a great resort. I think the convenience of being right there is absolutely top notch. Um, but again, it's not where my heart's at. So it's still one of those things like for less points, I would absolutely stay at the Disneyland resort because that, that that's, I grew up 
staying there too. Even before my parents were DVC members, um, you know, we got a lot of, my dad worked for a large grocery retailer for a long time. And so he got a lot of kickbacks from various vendors and such. And so we got to go to the park. We were very fortunate. We got to go to the park free of charge most of the time. So my parents would splurge a little bit on the hotel. So, I mean, I actually have a really funny story. I was like maybe six years old playing in the, in the pool area. And I got a splinter in my big toe, um, on one of the playgrounds that they used to have that was made of wood. And I remember going to the nurse and crying my eyes out and they had to take this like one inch splinter out of my big toe. Um, and for being such a good girl, you know, at six years old, you're brave. They, they take this giant splinter out. Um, I got a lady in the tramp stuffed animal set and it's kind of like that memory like never leaves you. So even at six or seven years old, that was already going to be my resort. And then it just kind of, uh, escalated until I met my husband. So it's just been a nice evolution. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. I bet they don't do that anymore. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> There's still Disney magic out there, but I feel like it's a little less than from, you know, it's like 20 some years ago. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, this is way off topic. But your dad, if he um, did things with grocery stores, does he have mm-hmm. any grocery store hookups for any of these Mickey bars <laughs> that they're selling? <laughs> And not that I'm at this point, no. Um, but yeah, I've seen them out there on Instagram world and it's just so funny. We're not sweets people. So I see it and I just keep scrolling, but I know it's a big deal for everybody. Um, but yeah, no, I, at this point he is invested into the family restaurant and that's where his, (laughs) his life's at any longer. The hookups are long gone. At this point, I don't even want the Mickey bar. It's just like the... Oh, yes, you do. Well, it's like the chase of it. It's just like... (laughs) Totally. I get it. It's like pin trading. Like, if you do mystery packs, you have to finish that pack. Mm -hmm. Which is why I try really hard not to pin trade, because I'm like, I need to finish it. (laughs) So, if you could only fast pass one ride for the rest of your life, which would it be? Okay, so I've been listening to the podcast for a while, and I've thought long and hard about this, and heard everybody else's answers... My husband doesn't do thrill rides, so I have to say Guardians of the Galaxy because it's the one of the few thrill rides that doesn't have single rider, and it's the one ride that I absolutely have to ride by myself, so I'd have to go with Guardians of the Galaxy. However, there's a caveat to that. If it could be Tower of Terror, it would be Tower of Terror because it's still like my number one favorite ride. I got a little grumpy when they changed it to Guardians. I think it's good. I like it, but it's definitely like, I'm not good with change apparently because I still love the original Tower of Terror versus <laughs> Guardians. So is whenever you do go to Walt Disney World, is that like top of the list to go to Tower of Terror? Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Our last episode, um, Serena said that as well. She's, well, not Guardians, but she said Tower of Terror. And I love that answer because the Fast Pass merge point doesn't make you miss any of the fun part of the queue. The queue. Yeah, no, for sure. And I will say I love the queue that they change for Guardians. I think the collector and like the whole rocket raccoon in the little room is fantastic. I love all of that. And we were there at Halloween time. I want to say we missed each other by maybe 10 days or something. And I didn't get to do it during Halloween. And I'm so bummed because like now it's on my list. I have to do it next year because I've heard you talk about it so many times. (laughs) But because I always ride by myself, it's kind of hard to like plan our day around me riding a ride for one person for one piece of enjoyment kind of a thing when we could go do something together. Um, But it's on my list for that as well. Here's our pro tip. We've only been to Disney once. So you're, you're the pro in this situation, but 
our pro tip was we got a fast pass for the Incredicoaster, and then it broke mm-hmm. down like it always does, and then it became always. a a free a free beat. Yeah. So then we got to go use it at Monsters After Dark. So that was that was our nice. strategy. It might have just there been luck, go. though. I don't know if that's a strategy. <laughs> Yeah, you got to wait for it to, you, you hope that it breaks down when you're in line, which is a little terrifying if you think about it. You're like, I don't really want this ride to be breaking down. <laughs> yeah, you just don't have to think about it. Just ignore it. Yeah, if, if you would have asked me this question like eight months ago, I maybe, maybe you're, I don't even know now, it would have been Toy Story Mania because they didn't have fast passes for the longest time. And it was always, without fail, 45 minute wait at minimum. So it was like one of those things where I'm like, if I could hop on the front of the line for Toy Story Mania all day, every day, I love a good competition. My husband and I, we would play and whoever lost had to buy the next round of beers. So that was a lot of fun for us too. Um, And we still do that, but now there's actual fast passes, which makes it a lot easier to be able to ride that once or more than once or however many times we feel like. Oh, for sure. One more thing. I've just got to ask because this has become one of my favorite questions to ask people. What is the strategy for how you pull the little string on Toy Story Mania? Because my arm hurts so bad by the time (laughs) we're done. Like, do do you rest your elbow on the lap thing and like... I, I must. I don't... I don't know if I've ever paid attention to that. I feel like I, I feel like I have to do that. So I'm a small person. I'm like five foot two on a good day. My husband is a giant. He's six foot five. Like we're we're like complete opposites. <laughs> um and we're close every single time, almost like down to thousands of points, kind of very close on our scores. And I know that he just goes like crazy. Like he's the person that just like shoots forever. I'm the type that I don't even necessarily go crazy with it. I actually try and aim and know also where the like secret ones are that will pop up occasionally that will get you the more points kind of a thing. So maybe that's why my arm never hurts is because I'm not necessarily just going crazy and just like free for all shooting. I guess the answer is I'm just a wimp. Yeah. I mean, and we're a free fall kind no, of people. I didn't say that. <laughs> no, I came to that conclusion on my own. But <laughs> if that's your strategy, you definitely need to play with Catherine's sister because every single time oh that we're gosh. in the queue, she's like, "Do you know the secrets? Do you know the tips and tricks?" She gets so like, into it. We don't care. We're just we're shooting. You're, that's so, but she she's a cast member, correct? Yeah. Oh yeah, she eats. So it you have to kind of be Disney obsessed already to be a cast member. So then, like you do, you throw that on top. I'm the person that says where all the hidden Mickey's are. You know, I've never worked for Disney, but it's like I've had the books and I've done the research and I know all the trivia. We're a special breed, let me tell you. (laughs) So sticking with rides, which ride do you think is due for like an exit or a refurbishment or just needs some extra love? Can I go with attraction? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Frozen's got to go. I'm sorry. (laughs) I love the Hyperion Theater and I loved Aladdin and I love Frozen. Again, I sang Love is an Open Door to my husband on our first date, but... Aladdin was where it was at and when they switched it to Frozen I just felt like they were like force feeding Frozen down us so much for so long that it was like by the time that finally came out it was like time to go don't get me wrong I love the the dress change of Elsa on the staircase it's like one of the best things I've ever seen but let's do something different it needs to be something different Mm -hmm. I I completely agree. I've never seen the Aladdin show, but I I wanted to see it while we were there. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. The genie just cracked me up and his like quick wit with like like real life stuff happening today 
in pop culture. Just it was it was so good. Dad jokes galore. I mean, you can't go wrong with a good dad joke. We'll have to connect with you after you get back from Walt Disney World because the Frozen show that they have in Hollywood Studios it's much much shorter and it's better. Mm-hmm. But I think it's better. Yeah, I, I really. Agree. It has a lot of that, like the hosts or the what? What do you call those people? Uh, the historians. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I guess they are hilarious. They kind of do mm-hmm. that same thing, like just throw out random things, and they're just really witty. Yeah, but uh, you know, the the show at the Hyperion gets all the hype, but I really feel like the one in Hollywood Studios, I'm more entertained. I guess is the right way to say. It's yeah. great to take a nap on a hot day. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> My husband's definitely done that before. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you listened to our. DCA trip report, but like we had the worst luck where everything broke down, and even during the Frozen show, they had to stop for technical difficulties. Because it broke. <laughs> okay, so I I did listen to that episode. We actually listened to it on our way back from Disneyland in December, and it was specific because like I was like, oh, I haven't listened to those episodes yet, and it was my husband in the car with me, so I was like, we need to listen to these because I would like to see the perspective of somebody that hasn't grown up around Disney. Um, and I think we stopped it because we got home, so I didn't hear I I like the hype about frozen was there in my head and then i just never went back and re-listened and i i yeah i was like why did you hate it so much so what (laughs) happened it was the scene where they were about to like jump off the cliff with spin pulling Mm -hmm. the and i guess it's supposed to go up in the air but all of a sudden everything just like went dark and they pulled the curtains and they're like we are having technical difficulties (gasps) and it took them like 10 minutes yeah to come back on well and then right before that Anna like missed a line. Oh and, like, yeah, she messed knew. up her lines. Yeah, and it's like oh, we no. know what you're supposed to say. Come on, girl. <laughs> <laughs> it was just an off day for the theater. I guess. Yeah. I mean, it was fun. Like we got a unique story out of, it, but it was just like hilarious because it was like the Incredicoaster broke down. Then we went over there and that Dang. broke down. And then Radiator Springs broke down. It's like every Space Mountain broke down every single time we got in. I promise time. you, it's not always like that. <laughs> <laughs> As somebody that's gone for years, it's not always like that. I mean, hey, we loved it. So, I mean, it didn't deter us. <laughs> Good. Either. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. So, next question. Your favorite snack or a go-to snack? Okay. So, again, we're not sweet tooth people. So, it's 100% Mickey pretzel and a beer from the Carl Strauss truck. That's in Disney's California Adventure. That's like our go-to snack. It's hard to argue with that. Yeah, we, so my husband, again, not great with crowds all the time, so, or the heat, so if we're there during the summer, he's like, get me out of the heat, get me a beer, put me, you know, in animation studios, put me somewhere where it's cool, so we'll grab a beer or whatever, and then wander around, but um, Mickey Pretzel, like, hands down, I have to at least get one through our trip, and I'm that person that I don't do cheese, I don't need the stuffed pretzels. I just want the old school Mickey pretzel and literally as much deli mustard as you can possibly give me. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> and sal- I don't know why. Salt or no salt? I get salt, but I, I kind of flick some of the salt off. They can get if a little need, salt happy. It, <laughs> yeah, they can get a little salt happy. That's a good way to put it. So it, it's somewhere in between. It, no salt is, is too boring, but I need a little bit of the salt. But sometimes, yeah, they go a little overboard with it. So then the next one, still food. What is your favorite table service restaurant and your fav- favorite quick service restaurant? So this is a toss-up because, again, listening to this podcast, I go, oh, I know what I would say. <laughs> and then you have the conversation and you're thinking about it. 
We've been fortunate enough to eat at the Napa Rose, which is in the Californian, and it's phenomenal. It's great. And the menu changes season to season based on, you know, what's available to them. And it's wonderful. Um, but it's also pricey. So it's one of those special occasion type situations. So it's somewhere in between that and maybe like a quick service would be the Carthay Circle. Um, and we are actually going to be there on the night of our anniversary on Monday night. And we're stoked because we don't eat there often, but they've got great cocktails and it's one of the best burgers I've ever had, not just in the parks, but like ever. Um, and so that I would say Carthay Circle in DCA is probably one of the best sit down places. Um, we're also doing Lamplight Lounge, which we haven't done before yet, just because reservations for the last six months have been crazy. Um, so I might have to report back and say that might be my new favorite, but so far it's Carthay Circle. I think that's, that's my final answer. I'm locking it in. <laughs> Get the lobster nachos. That's, yes. that's I've I had them. Oh, really? When it was so, uh, Little Mermaid? Yeah. And so, so the way that it was before is Ariel's Grotto was like a, a character meet and greet. And that's now like the downstairs Lamplight Lounge. And then upstairs where that outside bar is, there was just the outside bar. And so that's where you could get lobster nachos. You couldn't get, I don't think, lobster nachos downstairs in Ariel's Grotto before. So they kind of like combined the menus from the two different places. And I know lobster nachos can still be get uh, still be had upstairs on the outside on the boardwalk area and then downstairs now as well. Um, and they're good, but like, <laughs> I, I can make better nachos. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, next time we're in Sacramento, we're going to put that theory to test. Yeah. I am down. Because <laughs> <laughs> those were amazing. And if they're better than that, then I am, I am so down. Yeah. <laughs> so next one would be your favorite character meet and greet moment. Okay. Um, so I am a, one of those people that loves to try and get the random selfie as a character is walking by. Mm -hmm. So those are fun for me. Um, but then I would say probably my friend and I, we Disney bounded um, as Anna and Elsa and going and getting pictures with Anna and Elsa. It was great. She was, she was Elsa. I was Anna cause I'm goofy and awkward and I'm hundred percent an Anna. Um, and so I carried around a Sven's plush all day and she carried around an Olaf plush all day. So we like had to do all the frozen stuff. Um, so definitely, and see, I contradict myself now cause I said the frozen show's <laughs> got to go, but clearly I'm Disney bounded as Anna and Elsa, <laughs> but it was one of those things where like, let's just do it. And so she's much more of the Elsa and much more of the Anna. And so that was fun cause they played up to us looking, um, similar to them and, we carried the plushes around. We got a lot of compliments and it was just, it was a, it was a fun meet and greet. And rarely do I feel not a little awkward in front of characters, especially characters where you can actually interact with them. Cause it is like, okay, like I'm an adult here, but I also really want to get a picture with you, but it's also slightly awkward. So I think I'm just awkward. I think that's what the <laughs> moral of the story is. I'm just awkward. <laughs> that's why I don't like face characters. I just, yeah. I, I just want to be able to, what do you call it? I just want office? a picture and I'm good. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to necessarily interact. But that one was fun because we were Disney mounting specifically that day. And it was it, that was a lot of fun. They were very sweet. So this next one might be a hard one. But what's your favorite Disney movie? Oh, boy. So <laughs> I have 
just hear me out here. You might need to change your rules to this question because <laughs> before uh, Christmas and before I started listening to the podcast, my mom asked me this question and I was like, Jesus, how am I supposed to answer this? Right. So I said, okay, old school movie, Peter Pan. I said, childhood, like nostalgia movie, Beauty and the Beast, maybe Little Mermaid. It's, it's a toss up because Beauty and the Beast was the first one I saw in the theater. So it's hard to like stray away from that. And then I was like, okay, like New World Disney. I was like, I've got to go with Coco. Um, so like, I feel like it's, the, the question's got to change, man. It's too hard. <laughs> yeah. I've got like my old, my middle, and my new school. We get that a lot, I, actually. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, it's so, hard to pick. But I can't disagree with any of those. Those are all, those are all great good. movies. Yeah, Coco, we actually um, – watched the day of my egg retrieval for IVF so that was terrible (laughs) we may have literally both been sitting on the couch bawling our eyes out and I've since watched it another 50 times and I absolutely love it it's one of my favorites I think just the visual aspect is just it's gorgeous it's just beautiful to watch so it's definitely like of the newer movies one of my favorites next up is probably Cars I really like Cars Mm mm-hmm so next one would be your favorite Disney song. So Love is an Open Door is so much fun to sing. <laughs> <laughs> On New Year's Eve, we told the story to our group of friends that are a relatively newer group of friends that that is what I sang on our first date. So they instantaneously changed the music and made me sing it to my husband. (laughs) Um, So that's for sure like up there on the list. Um, And then Go the Distance um, from Hercules. And I know that's been mentioned a couple times, but especially in our personal life and now moving into this professional venture, like it's kind of the perfect song for everywhere that I'm at in my life. And I just, it's, I'll probably cry every time I hear it. It's just such a near and dear song to my heart that I grew up with. And then now means so much more as an adult. It's hard. It's hard not to love that song. I love it. Yeah. I mean, it applies in like every situation. I mean, I feel like, and I've rediscovered it. Like I didn't like really connect with it for so long. And then recently now I'm like, holy cow, I should have listened to this every day of my life. (laughs) Oh, we grew up with like, I feel like Hercules was one of those movies it was definitely in our house a lot more than maybe the average person my brother played like the hercules game on like sega genesis or something i don't even know now like it was in our household for sure so it was always on it was always in my list of my in my queue my constant go rounds (laughs) thinking of that my sister loves hercules if you were to make some hercules ears i have a customer in mind. <laughs> I have eat got a up. list so big of ears that I still want to get to. I am like, you I, guys, I, I'm not joking. I have a list in my phone that's probably like 30 characters deep. <laughs> and that's on the list. Um, I did my first pair of Pocahontas ears yesterday for a custom order. And I am so excited with how they came out because I feel she's a bit of an underrated character too. Yeah. Kind of the way that Hercules might be. And so like, I love the off the wall characters that maybe people wouldn't think. I did a pair of beast ears um, a couple months ago and I love them and I'm not necessarily one that's like, yeah, the beast, he's my favorite character, but I'd rock those cause they mm-hmm. were so much fun to make. So he's on the list. Don't worry. <laughs> good. That's good to know. So then the next one is your favorite Disney quote. 
Um, so again, kind of just where I'm at in life and everything that my husband and I have experienced in the last 12 months or so. Um, I got to go with Edna. I never look back, darling. It distracts me from the now. That's a great I'm one. in this moment exactly where I need to be. And if I focus on everything that we've experienced that may be negative or positive or combined or otherwise, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be able to focus on this moment in time. And right now things are so good. And I am so happy to continue to keep that ball rolling forward and not move back. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, so our last one, and I'm going to give a caveat, your favorite Disney parks memory, but you can't say your engagement. That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Dang. Uh, shoot. I'm going to, Pretty much any trip with my husband, I think, honestly, like he is such a good travel partner and we just compliment each other so well. He's my favorite person in the entire world and my favorite person to go to Disney with. And I think every trip that we take there is just better than the last. And for living seven hours away from Disneyland, we go probably a lot more than most people would imagine. Um, And so that's saying something that he puts up with me on a seven hour drive down and seven hour drive back plus (laughs) all the Disney craziness. And he's such a good sport and, and we have such a wonderful time. Like we could sit and literally just on a bench for three hours and watch people and be completely okay in that moment doing that. And I just love that. Those are some of the most memorable trips are the trips that there are no plans. We're just there to enjoy what Disney brings to our life. Mm -hmm. I love that. Because we've kind of just recently discovered that we can go to a park and not, like... Run around like crazy people. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Of course, it was because the crowds were so crazy, but right after Christmas, yeah. we went to Epcot. We didn't get on a single attraction, and we had a very fun day. Just yeah. people watching, eating and drinking around the world. It was awesome. Yeah. Like, honestly, that's probably become one of my more favorite things is not necessarily writing all... I mean, especially because... I am so familiar with the parks growing up around them and doing them a hundred times over with multiple friends. It's kind of fun just to sit and also see like other people's perspective. Like, gosh, watching kids walk down main street is probably one of my favorite things in the entire world. Just seeing the excitement when they see the castle and the way that they like scream to their mom and dad, they're like, mom, dad, dad," or, you know, (laughs) the characters that are out greeting you as you come through the doors. And it's, it's, it's really hard not to get like, emotional and remember like what it was being a kid having those same experiences all those years ago and still feel that magic as an adult without Mm -hmm. a child or with a child if you have them you know it's it's something disney disney does it right they -hmm. really really do absolutely so our last question is something that we ask all of our guests and i'm sure you're familiar with it but if you have one piece of parting guidance that you can give to someone who they're looking to become either a content creator or create these products, and they're just looking for that right first step to take uh, to kind of express their passion for Disney, what would your guidance to that person be? So I know, like, the main answer is always do it. Like, just go (laughs) for it. And I think that's a great answer, and I think that's absolutely what I did. And it's working out in my favor, and I'm ecstatic for that. Um, But I think that, like, once you get past that do it portion, I think it's the idea of, like, being yourself and finding your tribe. Like I feel as though I am more myself 
today in this moment on the several months that I've been on Instagram, building this business and finding these people. Um, and there are some people that like, uh, we're talking about now visiting each other in different parks and when can we do a run Disney together and all of this stuff. And I think, you know, outside of just going for it and doing it, it's like actually being engaged. Like it's, it's really at the end of the day, not about you. It's not about your followers. It's not about your Etsy sales. It's about, getting in contact with other people that you may have never otherwise gotten in contact with. And that is going to lead you to so many more doors, um, open doors, if you will. (laughs) Um, and, and really just like give you some new perspective too. I mean, that I think is probably one of the best things about this entire process for me is, is I went for it and I was open to talking to pretty much anybody willing to talk to me and, uh, really just, growing my tribe. I mean, there are several people, like I said, I talk to on a day-to-day basis any longer. Um, and it's been absolutely wonderful and I've just loved every single moment of it. And I think letting your guard down once you go for it is probably one of the scariest things. I mean, especially as a creator, I have so much room for negative feedback And you've got to, even if you get it, take it with a grain of salt and know that you're doing what is a passion for you and just continue to do it because you're never going to please everybody. And as long as it's making you happy, then just do it. I mean, that is really great advice. I mean, like you said, um, once you get kind of that past that initial stage, I mean, really diving in and becoming involved. I mean, that's really what makes all of this so great and connects you with those people and of course that's how we got connected to each other Mm -hmm. so I mean that is some solid advice yeah and I think you know what I would add and what really hits home for me is you know starting to become your true self and and starting you know to embrace you know who you are and letting your personality shine through and, and being vulnerable I think is some of the best advice that you can give to anybody because I think that's kind of how this Disney community and social media in general is, is going that people like authenticity. People like whenever For you put sure. your story out there. Um, so I think that is wonderful advice. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Cause when I started, I was like, Oh, I have to be a business. Like I come from the business world. Um, you know, I came from sales before working for my family at their restaurant. And I was like, this is like, I, I have this frame of mind. I know what I need to do. And then I'm like, this is Disney at the end of the day. Like this is magic. This is whimsy. This is, this is not a, this is a business, but it's more than that. They want to know who you are. And I think once I kind of let that guard down, I also saw a huge difference in my overall experience and the engagement and getting, you know, real engagement in return when I would try and engage with other accounts that I was following. And it's a difficult thing to do to let that guard down. But I think once you do, it's, like I said, one of the best things in the world that could ever happen. And and you start to create some pretty great relationships and it's been nothing short of wonderful on my side over here Mm -hmm. well that's awesome i thank you so much for sharing that to our listeners if you haven't already i'm not sure why you haven't pressed pause and gone over to instagram connect (laughs) with andrea over at isn't it neat boutique there you can find the link to the shop also you can go to etsy.com slash shop slash isn't it neat boutique us check out those amazing ears um and and really connect with andrea and and hear her story because Uh, Yeah. So is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners before we head off? Um, I don't think so. You pretty much nailed it all um, right there with that. Um, I will say I am going to, and I don't know when this is going to air, but I will say I am going to start a brand ambassador program um, 
because I'm really excited about some of the ears that I'm coming up with and I want people to be able to enjoy them and experience them in the park. So um, I'm not sure when I'm exactly going to roll that out and I'm not sure when this is going to exactly roll out, but hopefully it coincides to some extent that we can maybe um, get some people to possibly apply to be a brand ambassador because I just want people wearing my ears in the park because that makes me like the happiest <laughs> is is seeing other people enjoy what I've been able to create in in the moments of their own memories. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah, we'd love to help spread that word. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, awesome. Well, Andrea, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and giving your feedback. We've so enjoyed getting to know you. Um, and I thank you for coming on and sharing your story. Yeah, no, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. The opportunity was wonderful. I'm glad we got a chance to chat. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.